Welcome back. Welcome back to Reading Past Our Bedtime. Again. Yeah, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Katie. I might have been (laughs) a little loud there. Sorry. Yeah, Katie. Um, And if you're new to our podcast, I mean, it's the second episode. It's the second episode. Everybody new. We're new. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So welcome. Um. We're very excited to make a community of bookish people who are antisocial, or if you're social, you're welcome to. We just might have to go to bed before you or like leave the party before you would want to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah I think that's something that my partner enjoys about me um, is he can easily blame having to leave somewhere on me and I'm like oh we're we gotta go home and go to bed yeah I'm totally down (laughs) (laughs) we were cut your face oh my gosh (laughs) it's so exciting (laughs) okay so like I have been so excited like um we um it's been a while since we recorded the first one Mm -hmm. and I feel like every uh every day I was like I wanted to ask you like if you started reading it or like what you're thinking right this is kind of like when you're in a new relationship and you're like I don't want to come on too strong but like I'm just so excited but I was like I don't want to bug Katie because then maybe she won't want to do the podcast with me (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's funny because I so I took forever to read the book, partially because you read it so quickly. And I was like, oh, but if she read it quickly, that means there's a chance that if I try to start it, then it's going to be one of those situations. So I had to wait until I had to wait to start it until um, I could stay up all night if I needed to. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like you finished the book like many days before I even started it that's because I was like literally sick all weekend and I just like read the book all weekend so that's my reasoning did not stay up like all night reading it though (laughs) (laughs) I did not stay up all night but I did I spent all day on Sunday the last Sunday um reading it and like I actually told Mark I was like oh no this is oh it might have been Saturday it doesn't matter but I actually (laughs) told Mark I was like this is what I am doing today I am reading my book I am finishing my book (laughs) you're like this is the agenda right exactly (laughs) so have you been reading any other books lately I have I'm trying to remember what all I've read since the last episode because mm-hmm. I read I read Dead Romantics but again I don't remember if I read that before or after the last episode um and I really liked that one I read the first and second of the um Touch of Darkness. Um, it's like Touch of Darkness and Touch of Chaos, I believe. Um, but Hades Persephone books. 
Um, and then right now I'm reading, I'm, I am terrible at this because I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm reading this one book. Um, it's, it's in this one series. Like I'm going to have to get better at that <laughs> because, um, but hold on. I'm looking up the name of it. Okay. There we go. Okay. So I'm reading a burning obsession right now, um, which is the third book in a, uh, trilogy of thrillers, which Ooh. I read the first two, like two years ago. And then I saw it was out and I was like, yes. Um, and now I'm reading it and I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened before, but I'm too far into it. I don't want to go back and read the other books. So. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, I've been afraid to like start a trilogy or like anything that's a series, um, but I'm kind of feeling like I'm ready to do that now. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll find, pick one out to read. I really should read Akatar. I was just going to say yeah. <laughs> you should either do Akatar because um, it was good and par- partially because it was good and partially because I want to know if it's as good as everybody says it is or if it's just the <laughs> fact that like, I found it at a time where I really just needed some good escapism fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one, um, you should definitely do the Touch of Darkness books because they are super good. Um, I'm really loving the world building. They're spicy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right? (laughs) But yeah, so both of those um, are series, serieses. (laughs) <laughs> but I think series them, is plural <laughs> but yeah so both of them are really good they're the ones that I've been enjoying and like voraciously reading right now oh, okay nice let's see so I was reading or I finished um for the wolf by Hannah Witten I think her last name is um so that was a book that I had started actually months ago um but the library took it away from me <laughs> I know that's the problem with Kindle books when you don't put it on airplane mode. Um, oh, wait, what? Yeah, I don't know if that's like a no, no. But if you have a book from the library and you put it on airplane mode, your Kindle, then mm-hmm. it doesn't return the book. So it's still on your Kindle, but it wouldn't be on like your phone's Kindle app. But yeah, that's like a a way to keep it on your device once it's past the due date. So I've definitely done that before. But then you can't like sync your Kindle to anything. That's fine. Yeah, (laughs) I've had to do that before. Um, But yeah, so I finished that. It was good. I don't know. Maybe I had a really hard time getting into it because I kind of read it in two different like chunks of time. Um, But it was cute. And right? it's the same. it sounds like it's the same situation um, yeah. with my thriller book. Exactly. I was like, should I just start it over? And I was like, no, I don't want to. Like, I kind of remember what happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I read The Dead Romantics, which was mm. so cute. And I loved it. It's so good. Would you call yeah. it a cozy fantasy? Like, is it a cozy? I've I been it was so cozy. Online talk you know I've been seeing occasionally things about cozy and I'm like okay but so it what is what what is it (laughs) so like it is definitely a romance Mm -hmm. I think it 
has cozy aesthetics, like a family and home and stuff. Right. And the stakes aren't super high, which I've heard, like, I think one of the people that I was watching on TikTok was talking about, like, the stakes aren't necessarily dire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I think it would be considered cozy fantasy because it has that, like, supernatural element. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really good combo of um elements in the story. And, and I recommend movie. it to anyone. <laughs> Me too. So something else before we get into <laughs> the meat of it. Um I was on Instagram because we just started an Instagram for the podcast. It's called yes. past our bedtime underscore pod. If you want to follow us, we have like 41 followers now, and that's just crazy it's to me. so exciting like strangers like us <laughs> I know I'm a little bit nervous but you know mm-hmm. also I think it's that whole millennial imposter syndrome thing <laughs> yeah but I love the idea of like making a community and bookstagram is so far a really awesome place so it's been fun and but anyway I was scrolling Instagram and I saw um a user's I can't remember her name um, but she had just designed a book nook or a reading nook for herself. And it was so beautiful. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what if there's an HGTV show where um, people come in and they design your dream reading nook? Oh, my God. That I would be amazing. I would love that show. And I would want them to make my dream reading nook. Yeah. So I was like I wonder what Katie would think and we could host the show you know if we oh ever like right? really become booky people out there um but yeah I was like I want my dream reading nook you know that makes me think about like what would I want in my dream reading nook yeah I was like I want to make like a collage or a Pinterest right? board or something you would have to be so cozy yeah <laughs> I want to see like what everybody like listeners, if you have a ideas for like your dream reading nook, like what would it be? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my like funny idea. I wanted. I love that. that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can like post little collages of our dream reading right. nooks on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody who pitches uh, shows to like HGTV will happen across it and will you know, quit our jobs and just host, host <laughs> giving people their dream reading nooks. I love HGTV though. So, you know, that would not be the worst thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Make a collage. I want to see it. Yes. I want to see what everybody's dream reading nook looks like. Because I don't know what mine would. All I know is I would want it to be hella cozy. Yes. Like, just like, oh, like I would want it to look like a cozy monster came in and just vomited all over the place. (laughs) And it's just almost too much, like just almost too cozy. Like a pit of pillows. You know, that sounds amazing, actually. Yeah, (laughs) it does. Those foam things that you jump in at the gymnastics places. Right. No, that's not 
comfy. They'd have to be covered in like the little like fake furry fleece. Ooh, velvet. Oh, yeah, yeah, fleece or like right? whatever unhide blankets have because those are the freaking softest. Oh, yeah. I love those. Yeah. I have one on the back of my couch. <laughs> yeah. I have two on my bed right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Upset. Um, yeah. So cozy reading nooks. I want to see them and yeah. Yeah. Show me. HGTV, come at me. Right. We're here. We've got <laughs> nothing else to do, HGTV. Yeah. Nothing else. Like nothing. Um, so what are you snacking on tonight? I have a smorgasbord. <laughs> oh my gosh. Smorgasbord. A smorgasbord. <laughs> Is that how you say it? I honestly don't know. Is it German? It sounds like it could be. Smorgasbord. It smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Smorg. Mm. I don't know. None of it sounds right. <laughs> Okay, I have a what, smattering. What is it? What is your smattering <laughs> of smorgash? I have a smorgash. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, okay. So I was feeling very snacky tonight, despite the fact that I had a full meal. So <laughs> I have some cucumber slices with cheddar cheese, um, some true fruit, which not only is fun oh, to say, yeah. but it's absolutely fucking delicious. It's um, so I get the raspberry one and I get the frozen one because the freeze dried ones are not. No, we're pretending they don't exist. Um, <laughs> but the frozen ones, I like the raspberry ones and they're dipped in white chocolate and then they're dipped again in dark chocolate. And it is so effing delicious. And I like them when they're just a little bit defrosted. So they're just kind of a little extra juicy and, you know, they don't hurt my teeth. That sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, I'm learning how to talk. Um, And then I also have a ring pop because it's delicious. Um, and finally, because, you know, um, you got to have something to wash it all down with. I have this San Pellegrino Tonica. Um, I think it's technically supposed to be, I mean, it's kind of blue. It's kind of a tealish color, right? It's pretty. Yeah. I think it's technically supposed to be like a mixer or something, but, um, it looked pretty and it tastes good and I'm just drinking it as is. (laughs) I love San Pellegrino. Right? It's kind of botanic, botanically, botanical. Oh. Um, I love that. Yeah, Except it's super- lavender. Can't stand lavender. Yeah, no. I don't I don't think there's lavender in it. Good. It is there juniper? <laughs> right? Hold on, I'm looking. Um, it has natural flavors and quinine. Oh, I love some quinine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know flavors <laughs> yeah um my little snackies tonight I have this I found it at cost plus world market it's a mm. boba tea in a can are the boba and still boba in I I haven't gotten one yet I think they're at the bottom um but it's called pobble and it's mango red dragon fruit um made with fruit juice so oh I, it tastes really good actually, um, so far. 
That sounds amazing. Haven't gotten the bubbles though. So we'll see how, if right? those are weird or not. <laughs> I feel like when I, I've tried a couple of different like commercial boba drink things. There was one that was like a, a tea or a tea and juice combo. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But it had like the popping boba in it. And I didn't like that I one. love popping boba. I, well, and I think that's part of the problem. I'm not big on popping boba in my drinks. Um, I like it on like as a topping on things, but I don't like popping boba in my drinks. I love tapioca pearls. That's that's the kind of boba I want in my boba tea. <laughs> I never really liked tapioca pearls, but um, I, feel- I get more rainbow jellies. That's my right? jam. I feel like I didn't like them all like I didn't dislike them but I didn't like them until a couple years ago and now I just can't get enough like (laughs) yeah because you just like spoonfuls right I'm just like like, "Ah." tapioca pearls exactly (laughs) um you know so if you're looking for a good tapioca pearl um you know commercially prepared whatchmahiggy uh trader joe's has ones that are in the frozen section i assume they're still there um it's been a while since i've been to trader joe's but in the frozen section they had a four pack of boba that was uh brown sugar boba and all you have to do is pop the little um container either in a thing of water and boil it a little bit um or pop it in the microwave and heat it up a little bit and then you add whatever kind of milk you want or i saw somebody use um like their the last of their coffee in it so it's kind of like an iced mm-hmm. coffee situation it was it's so good it's so that good that's really good i hope they still right? have it want to try it yeah you need to get it and yes. i'm fairly certain that it's vegan because it's just the boba and the and you add brown sugar syrup exactly mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, I'm going to get that. Yeah, you have sure. to. Yes. And then snack-wise, I don't have it near me, but I do have um, this chocolate. It's a hollow chocolate heart that Chelsea got me. Mm. And inside, it's filled with gummy bears. And it's mm. my favorite. Like, this uh, vegan chocolate company, I don't know how to say their names. Like, it's S-J-A-A-K-S shocks I don't know but they every like holiday um well I guess Christmas Easter Valentine's they have these chocolate hollow things with gummy bears in them and she got me a Santa for Christmas so um I just love chocolate and gummy bears like it's so good that's really cute yeah Um, I also love chocolate and gummy bears (laughs) yeah surprisingly delicious Oh, Chelsea's a good Valentine. Yes. So my heart is full of gummy bears this season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dive into the book. Right? Let's get to why we're here. Yeah. (laughs) Enough banter. Okay. So spoilers. We're not going to hold back really on any plot stuff because this is like a discussion about the whole book. So like if you want to read it and don't want a spoiler, then don't listen to this before reading it. Yeah. Come back to us. Um, Read it. Come back. Or if you're like not sure um, and you don't care about spoilers, listen and then decide if you want to read it. Like me. Yeah. Um. (laughs) 
Yeah. So the main thing that we wanted to get across was the fact that in our synopsis, we're not going to be like explaining everything that happened. But when we get into actually talking about the book, we're also not going to like try and avoid giving away spoilers. So like Lindsay said, if you don't like spoilers, if you want to read the book um, before hearing our discussion, that's totally cool. Um, Just come back when you're done reading it. (laughs) Yeah. So spoilers ahead. Be prepared. If you don't want them, then stop listening now and come back. Come back when you're ready. Exactly. Unless, of course, you... um, read the last chapter of the book just to make sure that everything turns out the way you want it to um, or, you know, to prepare yourself in case it doesn't, uh, then, you know, you, you really don't care if there's spoilers. So. I, I really don't know how you can do that. Like, I love surprises <laughs> and I, I would not be able to do that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. No. That's probably a good thing, I think. Right? Yeah. I think partially, though, it's because I... Uh, I sit down and just voraciously read through and I don't have to wait. I'm just like, I'm just going to keep turning the pages. Yeah. I'll find out soon. You have enough time to like, just get through it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So do you want to go a little bit over the plot? Yes. I will talk a little bit about the plot. Um, So the last ticket is about a couple people really. So you've got Frank, who is a older gentleman, um, who is the person who has lost his ticket. So many years ago, I think in the 70s, 60s, 60s, 60s. So in the 60s, Frank met this beautiful girl on the bus, the 88 bus. And um, he felt an instant connection with her. Um, She's witty she's beautiful she just kind of makes his little heart flutter um and she agrees to go out with him um and he gets her number on the bus ticket unfortunately he gets home and realizes that he has lost this bus ticket and he spends the next what 30 40 i'm not mathing right now 60 right like he spends it's like 60 years is it 60 years yeah so yeah he spends 60 years riding this bus just waiting to find her again looking for her every time somebody gets on the bus he's searching her face hoping that it's her so we fast forward to essentially present time and we've got Libby yep Libby Mm -hmm. so Miss Libby, unfortunately, has just had her entire relationship implode. Um, And she happens to be on the bus at the same time as Frank one day. And um, they strike up a conversation. They become good friends. And she decides that she wants to help him find the woman who, you know, He's just been looking for all of these years. Oh, um, also side note, she uh, is an artist and she yeah. drew a portrait of him on the bus, just like a quick sketch that he kept. 
the girl on the bus is an artist who drew a portrait of Frank. And as it turns out, what a coincidence, Libby also happens to be, well, she's not an artist yet, but she likes art. She wants to- wanted to go to art school exactly um so over the time that she spends with frank she's kind of realizing more things about herself she's uh, coming into herself um and while she's doing this we discover that frank has dementia and because of his dementia it's not necessarily safe for him to be alone all the time so his daughter has hired dylan who is a punk with a mohawk (laughs) and a very scary um appearance to be his carer and dylan checks in on him a couple times a week and dylan makes friends with frank as well and so throughout the course of this book we see um dylan and libby falling in love and we see libby kind of growing her self-confidence and finding out who she is um and we see Frank get to find out what happened to the girl on the bus. Yeah. And it's got some really nice stuff and it's got some really sad stuff. Yeah. But it was good. Uh, yeah. And it jumps kind of perspectives from Libby to um, this other narrator who we find out her name is Peggy. Um, I don't think Frank ever really, except for the beginning of the book was a narrator. Right. Yeah. I don't or think from Frank- his point of view. No, yeah. but, but mostly Libby, and then it's this mostly other Libby, woman. and occasionally it's Peggy. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I guess since I finished the book first, I get to talk Ooh. about my take first. Yes. Um, but of course, you can interject or comment whatever on if you want to say anything when I started the book, I related to Libby a lot. And I was like, oh crap, I don't know if I want to read this because she had just gotten out of like a relationship where her partner didn't know, didn't know if he wanted to like what he wanted for the future. And same thing kind of happened to me um, recently. So I was like, oh, this is just too close to home. But I got over that. Um, Simon, though, he, the audacity of that man, he just, he sucks. Um, Mm. Yes. So I at first like was just not really, I don't know, too relatable. Also, this book made me really want a chocolate croissant. (laughs) (laughs) I really was like, I need one. And I still haven't had one since reading it so that should be a priority on my list but yeah really wanted a chocolate croissant I found that (laughs) Libby's family they were written to be this way but they just totally sucked um besides her nephew everyone Mm. else was just like so awful um it seemed like they basically blamed Libby for the breakup with Simon like trying to get her to change herself so that he would find her interesting again or change his mind or whatever. And they were essentially written to be like an enemy, but like, it was just so toxic. 
Um, especially the mom, she definitely came off to me as a full-blown um, manipulative narcissist. And like for her to put up with that, I don't know. It's just not acceptable the way that her mom treated her at all and treated her sister. Um, and her sister, Rebecca, I thought, you know, she came off at the beginning as like really self-centered. She didn't really seem to care about Libby's circumstances and just wanted to like have her as her nanny while her actual nanny was taking care of her like sick mother. And she was just very inconsiderate and just like didn't seem to really care about Libby's feelings. And I noted that it was 109 pages in until Libby was finally validated for like her situation for feeling sad and Frank was like the person that did that and that's when she like actually was able to like cry and let it go or not let it go but like just like feel her feelings and I was like holy crap like 109 pages till someone is like sympathetic to her for her situation and that just sucks and I saw like a quote on Instagram that reminded me of uh that And it said, don't give someone a lecture when what they need is a hug. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's what I felt like. That's what her family really was doing. Just, like, trying to tell her what's wrong with her and, like, what um, she needs to change and not really, like, just letting her be and telling her, no, he's trash. Like, if anybody feels that way about you, then you shouldn't be with them. But they were kind of taking his side. And, yeah, it was not cool. And Simon, again, he, I just don't know how many red flags there were. Like, how did she stay with him? And I just want to say, fuck men and their lives (laughs) and messy choices. Right? Just like, no more of that. We're done with that. No. Let's see. Going on with the plot. um, I did not see the pregnancy coming. That totally was a shock. I didn't catch on at all that that was even happening. And I was like, this is a really interesting twist. Right. I felt annoyed because I'm like, I don't want salmon. Salmon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want Simon in her life anymore. And this is like tying her to him forever. And then when he freaking is like, I don't want to be involved. And oh, he's just like, they wrote him to be the ultimate enemy really yeah Uh, yeah I was surprised when Peggy was not the girl on the bus um yeah yeah I like was not expecting that kind of twist as well and just kind of who her character was um to me it felt kind of random I I feel not opposite to that um I loved the fact that she was not the girl on the bus because the entire time that I was reading it I was like oh yeah okay so now we're reading it from the girl on the bus's perspective and it just kind of like the book has one or two tropes that I'm a little bit like "Mm," about and so um when we're reading through it and I'm like immediately I'm reading it and I'm like oh Peggy's gonna be the girl on the bus got it and so yeah. I just felt a little bit like that 
I didn't enjoy it as much. Like whenever it got to her parts, I just kind of skimmed over it a little bit. Really? Oh, of course, because this is the girl on the bus and yeah, I get it. Like I, I didn't, I read it, but I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. She's the girl on the bus. Whatever. Um, (laughs) Like it just felt a little bit like a little bit like a letdown. Like I didn't want to know who the girl on the bus was within the first 50 uh, pages. Um, so when we found out that it wasn't Peggy, I was like, wait, what? That's amazing. Like that kind of, it definitely made me like the book more. Okay. That's an interesting point. I didn't really think about that being like a trope or obvious, like, you know, right. I don't think straightforward. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it necessarily is a trope, but it was definitely something where I was like, I expected it to be her. And so I don't know. I was just kind of like, oh my God, already. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. So when it wasn't her, and then we had this really incredible story about her life, you know, the girl on the bus's life that I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like your perspective because that kind of changes my, or adds, give me some thought, I guess, about it. Because uh, I was thinking like, okay, well, this is random, like some random girl that went to art school with her and like, we know her life story, but we don't know um, his, what is her name? <laughs> Mystery Percy. girl. Percy. Yes. Percy's story. And so like that kind of annoyed me. Um, but I thought she was a fun character. Like she was very snarky and like <laughs> the old lady that just like doesn't give a fuck. And I love that. And I just thought like the whole little group of them was really cute oh and I loved Dylan and Libby (laughs) and the nephew oh man gosh I can't remember anybody's name I'm slightly afraid that you're gonna think I didn't like the book which I did I liked the book you're allowed to not like it okay no but that's the thing like I did like the book I can just be a bit critical (laughs) I want to start off with the fact that I really do love having a character who on the outside is just this really tough and scary looking person. Um, You know, you see them and you think one thing and then you get to know them and they're just this fuzzy heart of gold, wonderful person. That being said, there's a lot of stuff that I did not enjoy. (laughs) About him? About just the story in general, which is why I want to say I did like the book. I really did enjoy reading the book. It wasn't a situation where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to finish this book. Like you Um, you didn't want to DNF it. Right. Exactly. Like it wasn't a situation where I was like, oh, but there were definitely, it's not a book I'll read again. Yeah. So partially because I really hate the surprise baby trope. Like <laughs> there are few tropes that I hate as much as the surprise baby. Um, and so the minute that she had that feigning spell, I was like, motherfucker, this you is going to be, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my God. That happened. I was like, you can't be serious. Um, <laughs> and then of course she's pregnant. So that being said. And then there's also the fact that I enjoy a good suspension of reality. 
right? The Mm -hmm. entire reason that I read is because I like the escapism. I like to put myself into a different world, um, a different life, a different something. But I have a hard time with two people who barely know each other in the span of like a couple of weeks being like, you know what, if you want to spend your life with me, if I will help you raise your baby, like it just felt a little like- That was weird. Right? Like that. um, And then a year on and they're all living together and it just- it felt so much like those early 2000s rom-coms where you thought <laughs> like at the beginning of the movie, uh, the leads hate each other. And then at the end of the movie, which is supposed to take place over like weeks or months, they're getting married. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, that doesn't track. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work for me. <laughs> that is like very rare, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, like it's- but. You can see that as like, you know, suspending reality. That doesn't really happen often. It doesn't. And yes, I'm sure that there are some people who that is their love story and it makes it special and unique and beautiful. It's just not a trope that I enjoy in books uh, (laughs) where, you know, and then the other thing that I really didn't enjoy was Libby herself. Oh, Um, really? I just, yeah, like there wasn't anything wrong with her. I just Mm. preferred Dylan, Esme, Frank. I would have loved to hear more about Percy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the main character, she was fine. She just, yeah. So those were like my big, again, I liked the book. Yeah. I just didn't particularly enjoy a couple of the tropes and I didn't really connect with the main character. It absolutely broke my heart at the end when Frank has forgotten everybody. She does a really good job throughout the book of making us almost forget that Frank has dementia, which I think is good because I think that Libby herself almost forgets that he has dementia. Um, and so when we get to the end and yes, you can tell that he's declining like physically and he has had a couple of like episodes, like bad episodes, because we know that he burnt his hand while he was on the phone with Libby. We know that a couple of things have happened that made it so that his daughter felt like Dylan needed to be his carer, but she had written it in a way where, I had kind of forgotten he had dementia and then Mm -hmm. um, all of the excitement of finding out what happened with Percy and then, you know, the epilogue was talking about Dylan and Libby's life together and she's talking about making Christmas presents for Frank and how he's going to love the photo of the baby and Frank looking at each other. And then we get to the point where she's meeting with him on the bus and my heart just shattered (laughs) where I was like, oh my God, that's right. He's got dementia and Mm -hmm. it it would be, it could be pretty far, like it could be pretty advanced a year from the last time, right? Like, oh, that part. Yeah, that was so sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I did really like how we could easily forget that he had dementia and like how he kind of felt like he's on this timeline of needing to find his mystery woman. And um, there were like moments, glimpses of like how bad it could be when he like has an episode or something. Um, but I think it was a good way to at uh, like develop Frank as a character and not make it all about the dementia. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when an older person or anyone that has like a medical condition like that, it's easy to see them as an other. Yeah. And and that's I mean, that's not good. Like But I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> I think so. Um, or maybe I it's think... just like hard to see them as their actual person because like dementia changes someone like so much. Right. It changes somebody. Um, like trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. So a couple of thoughts about like dementia and all of that being it changes you in ways that are just insane like mm-hmm. right my my grandmother um oh, yeah. when she had dementia it would start with little things where we were like oh that's funny ha 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 because you know we're 18 and she forgot that she'd already told us that she needed to buy cheese and then it like progresses to the point where she's like talking to my aunt like one of her friends when they were Uh, when my grandmother was in her 20s and talking about how she thinks she might be pregnant and oh wow right like things like that kind of like it it makes you into a completely different person um and I think that in a lot of media at least a lot of the media that I've seen when you've got a person who has dementia it's less about the person Does that make sense? It's more about the disease. Exactly. The disease becomes the character. That's exactly what I was trying to say. I think it's like you don't see the person for who they are. You see them through the lens of them having dementia and what that made them. Yeah. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. think that the book did a really good job of this is a man who happens to have an illness. And he's aware of what's happening and what is going to happen I was really hoping that um that Frank and Dylan and Libby would all move in together and then (laughs) with the baby and then they would just have like this little family and be able to take care of Frank and stuff but that didn't happen (laughs) I'm like this would solve everyone's problems (laughs) what (laughs) I was very disappointed that that didn't happen (laughs) <laughs> I I am happy with um how their lives seem to be pointing like I it's sad that Frank ended up having to go into the home but it's where he needs to be it's where they can give him the most care the most most support um and keep him safest mm-hmm. and I was really excited that Dylan decided to go to nursing school. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things where he was talking about like being in his thirties and can't go back to school at this age. And I'm thinking there were people in their fifties 
sixties in my nursing class. Like you, you can go back if you want to, if this is a passion, go back. Like if, if you have the money to do so, if you can like, yeah, the, your age is not a barrier at that point. Yeah. And he had such a passion for it. Um, and so that made me really happy to see that he was going to be pursuing that. And then with Libby, I still feel like they, I doing it again. I keep thinking of it in terms of all of the characters didn't develop themselves enough. Um, (laughs) gosh, how dare they? I felt like I just, I don't know if it was just the fact that I didn't connect with Libby or if I like, or what, but I felt like the fact that she wanted a baby and the fact that she wanted to go to art school just felt a little bit like, what is, what is the word that I'm looking for? I thought for? you were I went- frozen for a second. <laughs> like, oh, like I'm um, trying to think of cliche. I, it's not so basic. much cliche or basic. It's more that I didn't really see it coming. And the way that she talks about it makes it seem like at one point she says something to fuck boy. What's his name? Um, Simon. Simon. Yeah. Like at one point she says something to Simon about how much, how badly she wanted to be a mom. And I'm like, I don't think anywhere in the pages before this. Yeah. Like, I think at one point she talked about like their plan, their, you know, future plan and how it might involve kids. It might have involved kids. Um, but it felt a little bit like all of a sudden she's talking about how badly she wanted to be a mom. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where is that coming from? Like, have you always wanted to be a mom? Because up until this point, like you've been talking about your relationship falling apart and how bad that feels, but you haven't talked much about what that's going to do to your future. Be that like, you've talked a little bit about your job and what that does to your job, but it doesn't talk. You don't talk much about what that does for your future as a mother, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't talk like it was. Yeah. So that was something where I was like, I don't feel like it just didn't feel very developed that she wanted to have a child. Yeah. They hadn't talked about that specifically of like her being like thinking even like the, is that a trope? Like, oh, my biological clock. And I've been with Simon for eight years and now I have to like I thought he would be like the father of my children or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I could see that too. It was kind of like, well, I've always wanted to have kids and now I'm pregnant. So here we go. Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> you did always want to have kids. Cool. Thanks for letting me know. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I kind of felt the same way about her wanting to go to art school where, I mean, she talks a lot about how she didn't know what she wanted to do and you know, it wasn't really until she was on the bus and Frank brought up art school and she's like, oh yeah, I did want to be an artist and all of that. And it's like, oh, okay, well, are you like, it's, it makes me a little bit curious. It like talking about it right now, there's like a little bit of a like spark in my brain where it's like, okay, you ended up working for your boyfriend at his gardening company because that's what he needed it was easy for you you really didn't want to be a doctor and this was a way to make money and then you know Frank is talking about how his dream girl his 
woman that he's loved for 60 years um, was an artist and talking about this incredible like feeling that he got from being an actor and all of that's because she was an artist. And, and I, it makes me a little bit like, well, were you really interested in art? Did you really want to be an artist? Or is it the same kind of trajectory where you're feeling a little bit lost and this person saying something that kind of gives you some grounding that like, do you know what I mean? I, I can see that, but I think um, they did mention, she mentioned like when she went to like the National Gallery and when she was in school. Yeah. And so I think there is like a passion there, but it was probably something that wasn't nurtured or um, her parents didn't accept it. Obviously, they wanted her to go to med school and have a doctor and a lawyer daughters. Right. So going to art school probably was just never in her mind as like something that was acceptable. But I do see your point as like it was kind of like randomish or like where did this idea sprout from? Because like, I don't know, as someone that does art, to go like that long without doing art is kind of odd to me. Because it's something that, like, you just, like, itch to do, you know? Right. So I just don't know. Unless she really, like, had no confidence or belief in herself, maybe. But, like, the fact that she didn't draw paint or anything in, like, the years since she was interested in it is kind of odd. Yeah. And her art only really gets brought up a couple of times in the book as yeah. well. But also knowing her freaking mother, thinking about her, yeah, I could see her, like, not wanting to do art ever if her mom is the way she is. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, you can do art as a hobby, even if it's something your parents won't allow you to do. That's true. As, right? Like, and Maybe she, like, lost herself in her relationship, though. Right. And I mean, and she like, does talk a bit about, well, I don't know. I don't know if she talks about it or if it's something that I just kind of assumed while reading, but I did get the impression that she did lose herself a bit in that relationship. Yeah. Like she didn't really know. She's like, well, I don't want to be a doctor, but I'm working at this garden shop and it's not necessarily like what I want to do, but like, what do right. I want to do? And her plan really kind of centered around Simon and like his life and how she fit into it rather than like what she wanted. Do you have any other takes? I don't think so. Oh, what did you think about her um, going into labor and giving birth on the bus? Mm, Was that another cheese ball uh moment? Yeah, can can we talk about cheesy, ridiculous, cliche, like, <laughs> they, you know, it was it was another one of those situations where Peggy tells her multiple times, you can't control the birth. And then you've got her talking about how she's having pelvic pressure. And oh, I've got this pain. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, you're going into labor. I get it. Am I supposed to be surprised by this? You don't even have to be a nurse to be like, <sighs> <sighs> you're like, okay, you're taking the bus to the hospital what's gonna right? happen well labor's yeah. progressing really fast <laughs> yeah it was it was just and I'm like yeah no no and it oh <laughs> and there's a doctor on the bus 
I mean, I, she it was wasn't a nurse, but yeah. Okay. Nurse. Like it just so happened that there was a nurse <laughs> on the bus and, oh, look at this. They're on the 88, which is where all of them came together. And uh, bah, bah, bah. I, you know. <laughs> too cheesy for you. Way too cheesy. I thought it was just like funny. I'm like, of course. Right? Yeah. Of course. Full <laughs> circle. I think it's funny that you're like, of course. And I'm over here like <laughs> holding back vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I'm not surprised (laughs) oh that one of your notes did you have a specific note to ask me what I thought of that bullshit like part of the book Uh, my note says giving birth on the 88 ha 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 (laughs) that's my note and I I just based on what everything you said like how you're like oh it's so cliche I'm like oh she she probably thinks this was like super cheesy yeah and yeah I was right (laughs) so like this is just I don't know while I was reading it I just thought of these questions Mm -hmm. um so one of them was how or why is it that when we are the hurt ones we being whoever I don't know me (laughs) speaking about myself that we or I feel like I have to be the one to handle it with compassion and empathy and jump so quickly to forgiveness and not um, feel my own emotions. Libby did that with Simon. When we're hurt or when I'm hurt, I guess speaking in first person, like when I'm hurt, I'll like, if the other person is showing that they're hurting too, I like care more about their feelings than my own. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. You feel that way. And it's like, I just, why do we do that? Or why do people that do that do that? Cause I'm not saying everyone does, but I don't know. Do you ever experience that where you're like, maybe someone else hurt you, right, I'm but then you have to like coddle their feelings. Cause they feel so bad about hurting you. I'm having a hard time thinking of maybe it's a me problem. I I don't think um, (laughs) think it's a you problem. Um, (laughs) I don't think that it's a you problem because what's coming to my brain is the fact that I guess you could say that I tend to do that because what's coming to my brain is not so much that I am like more worried about somebody else's feelings than mine. I'm trying to what? Okay, like, so a couple of thoughts. Yeah. The okay. first being, um, I think that it's important to take into account the fact that both you and Libby did not want your relationships to end, and so, like, you guys had been holding on to this hope that things would get better, that you guys would get through things and that it would be better. And Mm -hmm. because both you and Libby had that feeling, that desire not to be done with the relationship, I think that there was still an amount of protection there for the other person. And like compassion. Right. Exactly. Some compassion for that person because you still cared deeply for them because you still did not feel that the relationship was over. Right. That makes sense. But it's just like, why would I put, why would someone 
do something like really shitty to me and then I'm so like quick to like not necessarily forgive but like I guess try to be understanding and like compassionate for their feelings when like I it's not good for me you know and I feel like Libby did the same thing I mean, my yeah. therapist would probably say that it has something <laughs> to do with um, the fact that our our coping skills tend to be things that worked for us in the past, mm-hmm. right? So like along the same lines of why do I always assume that everything is my fault? Every problem is my fault. I could have fixed things, done things differently, and then we wouldn't be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's it's probably just goes back to however we've handled those situations in the past. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm going to try to be better about that and right. be like, hey, Lindsay, what they did was really bad and you shouldn't, you don't have to be nice to them right now. Right. Like you have the right to feel the way you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they're crying... I that don't doesn't have to mean that you have to make them, them feel better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I have a couple other questions or just like thoughts. Um, I thought it was kind of odd that Libby was in such a stuck mindset about Dylan because of his appearance and her first interaction with him that she repeatedly would call him like hostile or angry even though she was having interactions with him that were quite friendly and like they were getting along and he was being great to her nephew. And I'm like, you're still calling him hostile and angry. And was she that affected by like their first interaction or like, did that just take so long for her to like kind of see who he really is because of that first interaction on the bus where she was drawing him and he thought, or she took a picture of him and he was like, what are you doing? Right. Mm -hmm. I think I have two thoughts on that. The first being more like emotionally focused, which is, yeah, first impressions can be a massive thing, especially I feel like if your first impression has so many negative feelings around it, like the shame, the embarrassment, the, uh, pain like the emotional pain that comes with a person that you don't know just screaming at you right like all of Mm -hmm. those things will make you cautious the other thing though that I'm thinking which is another one of those things where I'm like is that the author was trying really hard to hold on to that enemies to lovers trope And so despite the fact that she's seen these things that could potentially shift her thought about him, like there haven't been enough pages of them being enemies yet or something like that. Interesting. Cause like, I never saw them as enemies. So like if that was a trope or something she was trying to like write into the book, it never came across that to me. I'm just like, she has an opinion about about him based on like their first impression um so that I don't know I'm like why is she taking so long to like see that you know he's not who she thought or how he thought she thought he was so that kind of annoyed me because I'm like dude he's like 
being so nice and you're like he's hostile blah 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 right yeah that was weird yeah I so one of the questions that I liked that I looked up somewhere I don't remember if it was in the back of the book or online or whatever um but it was talking about or asking about either what you wanted to see of these characters for their future um, or like what you expected was in their futures, which mm-hmm. all of that, like what we were just talking about um, makes me think of that because I'm thinking about the fact that Libby and Dylan really didn't always have great communication. <laughs> Um, there were a couple, right? Like there were a couple (laughs) of times where it took somebody else being like, no, you should really just talk to them (laughs) before sit down. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we were so wrong. Or like, oh, you mean you're not mad at me? Like all of that. And so it, it makes me wonder because that doesn't necessarily mean that their relationship is doomed it could just mean that they have to get better at reading each other, that they have to get better Mm -hmm. at expressing with each other. But it does definitely make me think about like, if there was another book or if the book could have been longer, um, I would really like to see how their relationship develops and if they're able to stay in a relationship together or if they end up fall like, going their separate ways because they are fairly different people and because they don't have great communication skills with each other yeah okay folks so we literally just recorded the ending for like the last 30 minutes and I didn't hit record so we're gonna redo it Lindsay and I said some really incredible things we had like million dollar ideas we were really relying on that recording to you know be able to be stay-at-home philanthropists. I don't know why my mind went stay-at-home moms when neither of us have children. We have cats, though. Does that count? One of us, like, vehemently does not want children. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> like, we're not moms. <laughs> well, hopefully we can be just as wise and witty right? in this uh, second attempt as wise and as witty yeah (laughs) okay so we left off a long time ago um talking about how we would want the book to continue if for the characters if there was another book so the good thing about um the fact that we're having to re-record this is it (laughs) probably means that instead of my brain like fritzing out on me halfway through a sentence 15 times it's only gonna happen five (laughs) times (laughs) okay so what I would really like to see for the characters specifically um for Libby and Dylan is I want to see them struggle um (laughs) Okay, the first time she said that, I, like, could not stop laughing. Right. So I wish I had that effect. But But so my whole thing about their relationship is um, we don't really get to see much of their relationship, to be completely honest, right? Like, 
we have them building friendship. We have Dylan professing the fact that, hey, if you want this, I will do this with you. Like, I want it too. And then there's a misunderstanding and then, you know, they, they get together at the end and suddenly we jump forward a year. Right. And so I don't feel like I have a good idea of who these people are in their relationship. Um, So I have a hard time visualizing what their future is going to be. It's kind of, kind of like how, when we're little kids and we're like hearing fairy tales and it always ends with, and they lived happily ever after. Well, I want to see. mocking me? (laughs) (laughs) I like hit my head on the wall. (laughs) I want to see them struggle. I want to see. Okay. School is hard. Um, School with a baby is hard. Uh, They are too like they're different people. I want to see what happens when I feel weird, like repeating some of this, but yeah, like Just I want to see like happen. We didn't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I want to see what happens when Libby gets a bad grade in school, right? Because that will crush her. She will find herself in a situation where she's not sure if she really is an artist or all of this stuff, at least That's what I choose to believe based on what we've read. I want to know how Dylan supports her in that. I want to see how she supports him in nursing school because it's hard. It's all consuming. It's like, I I can't even explain. Are you having flashbacks? It's it's not so much like a, a little bit. Like, it's just, it's all consuming. It is an extremely difficult program. And especially given the things, the fields that I assume he would go into are not easy. Um, So we're talking, he's either going to be a home health nurse or he's going to be a hospice nurse, most most likely. And they're not easy fields. They're going to be things where he's going to have bad days. And I want to see how she supports him in that. I want to see how they celebrate each other, how they celebrate their wins, how they raise this baby together. I just, yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see their life, I suppose. I want to see if they can make it because I don't think that love and a child necessarily mean necessarily equate to a long and happy relationship together definitely not yeah and the fact that like we really didn't see like their relationship build that much I mean it wasn't that much like time really and they had so many communication breakdowns misunderstandings it's like how did they eventually get on the same page and get better at communicating like exactly how did that evolve and what does it look like now well especially since now god this sounds terrible now they don't have frank to (laughs) now they don't have frank Frank. to say i really think that you should call him (laughs) like you know like yeah yeah 
So it, I would like to see how they manage their relationship. Yeah, definitely. As I mentioned, I had the opposite feeling, whereas I wanted to them to live happily ever after and like have no problems because, you know, they both have went through enough and yeah, just totally opposite of Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay wants to live in the like cotton candy sparkles and like, yeah, yeah, I don't want real life. Exactly. And I'm over here (laughs) and I'm over here like, I don't believe it. (laughs) Maybe you just need to read more what Colleen Hoover. I feel like her books, they, there's a lot of struggle in those. We want, I want fluffy, sparkly, glitter, fairy tales. I'm reading the unicorn shitting soft serve. Um, I guess. I mean, <laughs> maybe not literally, but yeah, that's true. That's true. Something along those lines. Um, the other thing that is really important to me for their futures is I want to see Libby shut down and possibly shut out her parents. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that Dylan would support her so well in that because he yes. won't accept bullying. Yeah. And I I feel the same way as like, I would like to see how Dylan interacts with her family, her sister and her mom, particularly. Um, I feel like his sister or the sister, Rebecca, could change. Like she has the potential to change. And then... Rebecca and Libby could, you know, band together in united front against their mom, essentially. Their dad's not really mm-hmm. he's he's just there. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't have an opinion or anything. Yeah. Um, so it's the mom really that's controlling everything. So something just occurred to me. Dylan doesn't put up with bullying. And the way he reacted to Simon. I assume would be similar to how he reacts to Libby's mother Mm -hmm. Um, because you know she's not going to try and hide her venom when he's around. She would say all sorts of stuff to him I'm sure. And it just occurred to me that that that's one of the struggles I would like to see. I would like to see how he supports Libby in that because in that kind of a situation you don't need somebody at least Libby didn't need somebody who was going to stand up and yell and posture and she needed in my opinion she needed a more quiet support especially if it's going to be her mother she's going to need somebody who is more gently supporting her in the decision to not accept that and to like not necessarily take her aside and be like hey you shouldn't let her talk to you like that but you know like I just don't I don't see it being a good situation if with her mother he does the thing like he did with you know fuck boy fuck brain um (laughs) and 
So that's, that's another one of those things where I'm like, I want to see that. I want to know how that plays out. Yeah, I could definitely see him handling it similarly as he did to Simon because, I mean, I think just part of his punk beliefs is, like, you don't take any shit. Like, right? you don't let people treat you like that. And um, if she's the mom is going to be like that, then she shouldn't really even have a place in um, Libby's life. And I see him as being supportive and like but encouraging too to like not deal with that right but at the same time he dealt with his dad so it's complicated when it comes to family yeah because I definitely want her to stand up to her mom but I want her to be the one to do it I want him to be like silently behind her giving her the strength to be able to say what you are saying is cruel. Yeah. Uh, Your behavior is inappropriate. And if you do not change, you do not get to be a part of my life. Yeah. Yes. I think like she needs someone to validate that and like kind of open her eyes that it's not okay. What her mom is doing. Yeah. That would be so interesting. Right. Yeah. See, now you want to see them struggle too. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, that's a different, that's not like a struggle within their relationship necessarily. It would affect it, but it's more with like the parents and that relationship. Um, And then family. I really just want um, Libby, Dylan, Frank, you know, as much as he can be present, um, Esme and Peggy to just be like their little family. I don't know if we talked about this before um, the accidental non-recording, but <clears throat> the found family in this book is just like so adorable. And like Peggy is a wonderful person and deserves to have a family that cares about her because her family just like doesn't put so much effort in and they didn't do anything. That was just so sad to me. Okay. So we can only make assumptions based on, our own experiences and what we have read in the book. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so my assumption, the way that I feel is Peggy gave up art school for her baby. Right. I didn't even think about that. Right. So she gave up art school for her baby. Um, I assume that she tried to be the best mother she could um as and she and Percy raised her baby um and it sounds like it would have been a really loving beautiful like household once they got out from under Peggy's terrible husband Mm -hmm. um and so it just kind of breaks my heart that her son can't make the time for her you know, like this and the fact that she's not even toxic, at least that we've seen. Right. Like, exactly. We haven't seen anything to suggest that she's toxic. There's a few like, you know, some of her behaviors come off a little bit Karen-y, a little boomery, but (laughs) it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's a bad person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she made his favorite dessert, she went and got fresh fruit for it, which was something that either like it was difficult to find. I can't remember if it was that it was it difficult was to find. Right. But mm-hmm. the act of getting the fresh fruit, it was not an easy thing, either because it was more expensive or she had to go to multiple places to find it. I can't remember which. Um, but and so because they had commented on not using fresh fruit, she goes out of her way to make sure it's made with fresh fruit. She makes his favorite foods, right? And then he can't even stay for lunch. Yeah. Like that's how rude that like Yeah. And it's someone not can... right. Yeah. And it wasn't a situation where he was like, Oh, I didn't realize we were having it's that he decided to do something other than spend what an hour, an hour and a half with his mother. Yeah. Um yeah. And so oh, he was like, I have to eat dinner later, so I don't want to get full. And it's like Right. Like she made this special meal for you. Yeah. Annoying. But I did like that, you know, with the found family, she brought this trifle and Libby makes like in, in there, she does make a comment Mm -hmm. about the fact that she really likes the trifle or something like that. It wasn't too Peggy, I think, but, um, like they, there was that, I don't know. Is it It juxtaposition? I don't know. It was before the wedding. Right. And her went, they had the trifle. Yeah. And then they went to the wedding. But yeah, yeah so I really, yeah, I really liked that juxtaposition of the son who she went out of the way to make this special trifle for who couldn't be bothered. And then her found family who is, you know, enjoying the trifle with her. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Definitely. I love volumes. Yeah. It makes me sad that parents can like dedicate their lives and not be too problematic and their kids still like don't give them the time of day right so sad yeah old people make me sad (laughs) (laughs) that's that's there's a lot to go there though oh man (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so that's i just like really love that found family and would love to see how that continues and like the relationship with the biological families and like what happens with them right yeah and the struggle <laughs> the struggle i want the struggle mm-hmm. okay so the question i have i thought it was stupid at first um <laughs> because it was it was a question that i found on online when i was like googling you know good questions for a book club or whatever. <laughs> and it had to do with the cover and like, Oh, do you like the cover? What would you do differently with the cover? All of that. And I was like, it's a cover. Does it matter? Blah, blah, blah. And then I looked at the cover and I want you to tell me your opinion of the cover, your thoughts on the cover before I tell you my thoughts on the cover. Yeah. So I think when I first picked it up, I was just like, Oh, it's a drawing like there's a bus it's about a bus the story is and then reading it and be like oh these are the characters we've got frank libby um dylan peggy and then is that esme 
or I don't know who that other person is. Yeah. It's two randos, which (laughs) drives me crazy because they obviously went through the effort. They put the thought into it about making sure that they had Frank on there, about making sure that they had Libby on there and Dylan and Peggy but then nobody else like um, this, this driver is not the driver that we know. This is not the driver that we've been introduced to and interacted with multiple times in the book. Yeah. We don't know him. Right. The driver in the book is a black female. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this other person, it could be anybody. It could be Esme. It could be the nurse who delivers the baby in the very cliche <laughs> baby on a bus. <laughs> like you know maybe on a Um, bus trope exactly (laughs) um but yeah so that that was something where at first I was like oh it's a dumb like why but yeah the more I thought about it I was like that actually kind of bothers me um other than that (laughs) god I'm so critical other than that I do really like the cover um question Yes. Do you like that they don't have eyes? I honestly hadn't thought about it. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> I just thought of that. I think it's fine. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It gives it that like farther away kind of because I mean, yeah, I'm okay with it. It does not creep me out if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if you'd be like, oh. right (laughs) it it does not creep me out okay because other than the bus driver's mustache which again we can assume the bus driver in the book didn't have a mustache or if she did it wasn't very prominent because it wasn't something that was commented on um (laughs) I I do not know why I feel so strongly about the fact that this is not the driver from the book, but that was something that just like really latched on where I was like, wait, wait. Um, Yeah, I, with that rando behind the driver, I was more like, who is that? Right. The driver I didn't really think about, but yeah, it'd be nice if it was like, like you said, put the effort to do the other characters. There's two other spots. Right. We're in the story. Yeah. It, It. I was going to say it's not that hard, but I, I don't know if it's that hard or not. It's just. I don't think it would have been. Yeah. You're an artist. You would know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was, that was my, my question where, you know, like I said, at first I was like, oh, that's a weird question. That's a dumb question. What does it matter? It's a cover. (laughs) Um, But you know, it was, you know, obviously attention grabbing enough that we both were like oh that could be a good book um now we're like ooh, pink right yeah exactly it's bright and it's pretty and it's a double decker bus so it's in england right exactly which means it's so much better than here (laughs) yeah that was not sarcastic by the way (laughs) (laughs) i know it can be hard to tell sometimes yeah oh yeah for sure Well, I think, does that conclude our discussion? I think it does. I think so. Awesome. Oh, no, it doesn't. What would you rate the book? (laughs) Okay. 
before I rated the book the first time, Lindsay asked me why I was, why I was so worried about, God, what was it? Like, why I was so worried about saying you were like defense, not defense, yeah, but you're worried about offending people. Yeah, exactly. I think that it was, you asked me why I was so defensive. Um, and it essentially comes down to, I do not want to offend anybody. I don't want anybody to think that my disliking parts of the book, um, tropes that occur in this genre, um, means that I feel the book is trash. I don't want anybody to feel that, because I dislike something, they have to dislike something. And I don't want, I don't want to be a source of negativity around the books. That being said, there are things that I just, I wasn't a big fan of. Um, and Maybe that's a okay. bus trope, right? <laughs> Baby on the bus <laughs> trope. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest thing is like somebody, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of effort. It takes talent to write a book and publish it. And I don't want to have anybody feel that I am detracting from the bravery, from the talent, from any of that. Um, yeah, that being said, it's not a book I'll read again. I enjoyed reading it while I was reading it. There were a few things that I would have liked to see differently. There are a few things that I probably would have been happy not to be included. Baby on the bus trope. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> that being said, I think it's a solid three stars for me. Nice. And I agree. It's hard to like really give a book like a negative review or rating because like, I mean, unless it's like misogynistic racist you know like all the bad yeah. stuff like, um but like it's a good story it's fun um it has tropes you know baby on a bus um, <laughs> i think it's funny when you keep calling that a trope i don't think it technically is a trope it's just we're gonna make it a like trope. exactly <laughs> we're gonna make it a trope um um yeah so i feel the same way and like like you said like the author put a lot of effort in and like told the story and the way she did it there was a lot of good things about it and then there's stuff that like you know we didn't prefer but that's okay and I also thinking about book ratings I find it helpful to me when I'm choosing books because I find people with similar tastes as me and I see their ratings and I'm like, okay, well, they, we like a lot of the same books. We give them same ratings. Like, I know I won't really like this one if they didn't. Um, I don't know if that's like good to like not give it a chance, but like, I find it helpful at least because I don't want to like essentially waste my time on something right. I'm really going to dislike. Yeah. Um, well, especially there are so many books in the world. If there is a way for me to avoid reading something that is not going to be my taste and yeah. so that I can spend my time reading something that is, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And it's not saying it's not a good work. It's just maybe not up your alley. And that's exactly. fine. Um, 
so I gave this book 3.5 stars along the same lines as Katie of like I enjoyed it um it's not something I would like read again and it's not something that really like had me thinking about it for days after um it's it's not something that will like stick with me as like oh that book you know right but it was a good read it wasn't something that I regret reading exactly Uh, (laughs) and I enjoyed the story and the characters um yeah and I cried a few times right to ask you that did you cry at all I don't I did not but I think that we that I said a little bit earlier that when we got to the end and realized that Frank's dementia had really progressed, um, it definitely hit me in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever a book can like make me feel something, um, yeah, it's, I enjoy that. Right. (laughs) I enjoy having feelings. It was a good way to spend the day. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to give it a chance, do so. <laughs> you know all about it now. Right. Uh, <laughs> or if you read it and maybe you didn't like it or feel as like we did, um, hopefully maybe you got some other perspectives and can see points right. that, I mean, not hopefully, but maybe you did because you can feel however you want about a book. I don't care. Um, yeah. But if yeah, you it's loved good to it, like. tell us why. Um, if you didn't love it, that's fine. And, uh, you know, like Libby need a little bit of validation. Sometimes it's nice to hear that somebody didn't like a book and, or that they felt the same way we did. And so, yeah. Yeah. Baby on the bus. Baby on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking baby on the bus. (laughs) Um, the next book we're going to read so we have picked out a book. <laughs> it is a thriller. Um, the co- the cook, the book of cold cases by Simone St. James, and, and it's set in Oregon. Yay! Very it's exciting. Oregon. Yeah, that's right. Not Oregon, Oregon, no. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. get it yes. right. <laughs> so we look forward to uh telling you guys how we feel about that book uh giving you a approximation of a summary of it Um, I think we did okay um Yeah. yeah and we look forward to you know getting better at this podcast thing and growing with you know you guys and remembering That's not to too hit cheesy. the record button. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, only if if you want to keep hearing what we have to say, please remind us to hit the record button. Oh my gosh. I need like a giant sticker or something. I swear before recording, I'm like, I'm going to forget to hit the button sometime. And I did. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but we'll get better at it. I'll get better at it. We will. We will. Yes. And also, if you want to um, join the conversation and follow us on Instagram, um, we are at reading past your bedtime again, underscore pod. And we're wanting to like build a little community there of people who listen to the pod, read books, and 
um, get your just opinions, ideas. We'd love to do polls. We'd love to have like people vote on what book to read. That would be so fun. Right. Um, Yeah. So let's, let's get this little book club going and come follow us. Um, And it'd be fun if we could do like a giveaway, if we hit a hundred followers. Right. We are almost halfway to that. One of the books. Yeah. So um, come follow us. And our next episode um, where we discuss the book of cold cases, it will be out on March 1st. And hopefully from here on out, we'll be (laughs) getting our episodes out on the first of every month. Yay. Yay. It's past your bedtime. Might be a good idea to get some sleep. Or read a book. Is there a ghost? I thought I heard something. I was like, what? But nobody, (laughs) like um charlie's upstairs and mark's gone so oh yeah what could i hear other than our five cats <laughs> um. <laughs>